were looking at 1 Peter where he said, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary as the devil as a roaring the devil as a roaring lion, walking about seeking whom he may devour. And it said, be sober, which means to be calm, temperate, circumspect, <laughs> watchful. You know, you say, well, are we supposed to panic when we see these things? I don't believe so. Are we supposed to fall apart? No. It should, it should make us realize the hour in which we're living, that we're living, if you will, at the last days. And <clears throat> if uh, you say, well, uh, here we are, be sober, uh, be vigilant, be awake, be paying attention, be alert. Uh, he said that he is seeking whom he may devour. And that devour is to, uh, you know, when you think of devouring food, uh, it is that sense of I am going to, uh, it will eat me up. And if you allow yourself in this moment, in this hour we're living in, to uh, be eaten up, you know, and you say, oh, that just eats me up, that burns me up, that crisps my hide, that whatever word you want to put in there, that's the hour we're living in. And it's like individuals all over are feeling the same sense of, you know, this is the, the extreme amount of frustration. And yet the Simon Peter wrote, whom resist steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. So here's the words that he said, resist, and which means to set yourself against, steadfast means to be strong, solid, immovable, in the faith, in the faith of who God is, what Christ has done for us. You know, it's that sense of we may not see it, we may not understand it. I don't, I, to be very candid with you, I don't even know all the blessings of God in my life. I don't. You know, you say, oh, well, I mean, how many things have I, diseases have I been exposed to? How many things have, accidents that it could have occurred, huh? that I don't even know about. What? I know, but I know the Lord is a one that blesses. I know the Lord is one that is merciful. I know the Lord is one that is good. And so when you stop and think that I, I have to have faith in this hour, in this hour, you know, <laughs> you know, regardless of what stance you take, whether you wear two cloth masks or you wear an N95 mask or you wear a whatever mask or if you do this or if you do that or if whatever precaution you take or don't take, you have to operate in the faith that Lord ultimately still I'm depending on you. I'm depending on you because without you, where would any of us be? And, and I realize that it, he then says, because whom resist steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren. In other words, the same calamities, the same misfortunes, the same sufferings, and you're not alone. And I think that's an important understanding. 
Because oftentimes what the enemy's job is, is to make you think you are the only one who's having to go through what you're going through. You're the only one that has it just as bad. You're the only one who was raised like this. You are the only one. I'm the only one that's had to suffer like this. I'm the only, you don't, if you only understood. And yet what we realize is that on the day of judgment, the Bible is very clear that we're going to stand in a multitude of witnesses. That whenever I go and I say, well, Lord, I, I would have served you and I would have worshiped you and I would have praised you and I would have, but you don't understand what I've been through. I believe there's going to be a whole host of individuals that'll go, oh, we know what you're talking about. We understand where you are. We understand what you've gone through, you, but you, don't, you just don't understand. Well, he said, knowing, you have to know that your brethren are going through that. Then he goes on, but the God of all grace, who hath called us unto his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after you have suffered a while, and this is important, make you, and here's the words that he used, the Lord wants to make you perfect, the Lord wants to establish you, the Lord wants to strengthen you and to settle you. So after you have suffered a while, so what is the affliction all about? What is it, what is it that I'm going through? I don't know why. I don't understand why, Lord. I don't understand what, what, why this is happening. Well, he says what Simon Peter says is God will use our suffering to make us perfect to make us complete, to repair. What are you saying? I'm saying that, you know, the Lord is doing everything he can to get every, everything out of us. This is why one of my first prayers, whatever I'm going through, whether it's a health crisis, whether it's, uh, you know, financial crisis, a relationship, whatever it is, my first prayer is, oh God, if there's something in me, why? I want to humble myself and say, Lord, show me, wash it, change it, cleanse it, take it away. Why? Because I want you to perfect me. And then the next thing that that, that suffering is supposed to do is supposed to establish you. Make you stable, set fast, immovable, fixed, strong as steel, tough as fiber. And to be very candid with you, most of us, what is the first thing we feel whenever we are going through anything? I want to escape this. I want to get out of it. I don't pray, oh Lord, you know, establish me. I say, oh Lord, send me relief. And this is why all of a sudden in the midst of the pressure, we see the statistics that there's been an increase in alcohol consumption, an increase in, in inappropriate website usage, inappropriate this, all that stress. Well, I gotta, I've got to take something to relax. I've got to get a, get a pill. I've got to do something. Why? Because I don't I don't like the pressure. And yet, what is the Lord doing with it? He's trying to establish us. 
He's trying to make us firm and immovable. <clears throat> you say, well, yeah, but what if, what, if it, what, if I, what if it knocks me down? That's the kind of strength he's talking about as you remember the Old Testament, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Oh, king, we don't hesitate to answer you. We don't know if God will save us. But one thing we do know, God is able. And in that I am firm, <laughs> unmovable. And I'm not going to bow down to your God. I am going to keep worshiping. I'm going to keep praising. I'm going to keep believing in the God, even though I was, just was taken captive from the land of Israel, even though it looks like he's helpless. He didn't defend us. We were brought here as young people all across to Babylon, and it looked like there was no, you know, who is God? He hadn't shown himself strong at all. I still believe in the strength of God, whether he heals, whether he delivers, whether he sets free, whether he's... I been taken care I know in whom I have believed and so that suffering all of a sudden makes those young men this you know movable they didn't bend they didn't bow what's awesome about the story and we've read it they didn't burn and he said strengthen you it will it's supposed to strengthen you it's supposed to make you to remove any uh, fragility and We've all probably been guilty of looking at someone else and saying, oh God, I couldn't go through what, huh? I just couldn't do that. Thank the Lord I'm not on their journey. But I want to tell you, everybody's going to have a journey and the Lord is removing every bit of fragility out of all of us. Why? He wants to make us strong. He's coming back for a church that's strong, that's walking out of here, head held high. Say, so, yes, but look what's going on. I realize, isn't it bad? Absolutely. But you know what? God is still strong. He's still God. I know in whom I believe. And settle you. Establish your foundation. He's supposed to Make you perfect, establish, strengthen, and settle you. And that goes, you know, sometimes what, what suffering, what pressure is supposed to do is ultimately drive us back to the very foundation of our faith, to the bedrock, okay? Because, uh, you know, it's the foundation that... You know, do you really believe I love you? Do you really believe that I'm on your side? Do you really believe that I am able? At some point, that's got to become settled in your mind. You see what I'm saying? It's kind of like the wise man and the foolish man that built the houses. If the foundation's not strong, what's going to happen to the house? House falls. So here it is. And so then the last phrase of that verse, right after he said that, he said, To him be glory and dominion forever. Amen. To him be glory. So then he began to praise the Lord. So when you look 
this is why David and I mentioned I mentioned uh, last week uh, Psalms 42, but I, I just want to read it, and I know it's 7:30, and I, I want you to read because there there are a couple Psalms, and I just want to point out a few things. These are songs probably that everyone here is familiar with, as the heart or deer panteth after the water brook, so panteth my soul after thee, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for a living God. Who shall say I come and appear before God? My tears have been my meat day and night, while they continually say, where is thy God? David was, he is in distress. He said, I'm panting like a deer for the presence of God. And people have been making fun of him saying, where is my God? And where is thy God? Verse 4, when I remember these things, what did he say I do? I pour out my soul. For I had gone with the multitude. I went with them to the house of God. And what did I hear? The voice of joy and of praise with a multitude that kept thy holy day. And this is why in the New Testament the writer would say, Forsake not the assembling of yourselves together so much the more as you see the day approaching. Why? And I realize we can't have church every day. We can't have church 24 hours a day. But you know what? There have been times I wish I could be in church that often. Why? Because there's some strength. I may not be able to praise very much but when I come in and I see someone else who's been going through it and they're able to raise a hand and I know they don't feel like praising huh when I see a miracle I tried to help sister white down from the platform today and she said nope I'm I can do this I'm a miracle I said amen What are you saying? I'm here to tell you, there, you know what? God is still able to do a miracle. God's still able to heal. God's still able to deliver. Oh, I may still be having my aches and pains, but here's a testimony of what God's able to do. Here's a testimony of what God... So there's a voice of joy and of praise and the multitude that keep the holy day. And then he asked himself the question, it's a question you may want to ask yourself sometime. Why are you cast down, O oh my soul? Why are you so troubled in me? Then what was the, the thing that we talked about? Hope thou in God. Why? Because he, remember we started this by talking about rejoicing in hope. David was saying, at some point you've got to get, you remember we had the, the cross and we said over here is high activity and valence and, you know, here we are, hope in God, for I shall yet praise him for the help of his countenance. Then he says it again, oh my God, my soul is cast down within me. Therefore I will remember from the land of Jordan and the Hermonites and the hill of Miser, Deep calleth unto deep at the noise of thy water spouts. All thy waves and billows are gone over me. Yet the Lord will command his loving kindness in the daytime. And in the night his song shall be with me. And my prayer 
unto the God of my life. I will say unto God my rock. <clears throat> you have to keep praying. Why hast thou forgotten me? He's praying, Lord, why are you forgotten me? Why do I go mourning because of the oppression? I feels like I'm being cut to the bone. I'm being lacerated. I'm being attacked. My enemies reproach me. David wasn't, this wasn't just a, oh Lord, this is kind of a bad day. He said, I feel like I'm getting run through with a sword. Then what does he say in verse 11 again? Keep grabbing his bootstraps. Keep pulling himself up. Why art thou cast down? Oh, my soul, hope that why art thou disquieted in me? Now, he says a little different phrase. If you go back, uh, he said, hope thou in God the health of, of his countenance in the, in the fifth verse. Now, when you go forward, he says, hope thou in God for the health of my countenance, his countenance, and then now he says, in my countenance. His face is supposed to change my face. When I get into his presence and I get to seeing him, it's supposed to do something to my face. The hope of my countenance. What are you saying? I, you know what? At some point, I have to allow his presence to <coughs> come in and, and, and change my outlook. Turn, the, you know, <coughs> we used to sing the song, and probably some of y'all remember. Smile a while. Give your face a rest. <laughs> Raise your hand to the one you love the best. It's, you say, man, I don't feel like, I don't feel like, keep looking at his face. It, it, it's supposed to make it all of a sudden an impact when you say, Lord, I don't know. I still trust you. I still, huh? I'm so thankful. Psalms, the 43rd chapter, David goes on says, judge me, plead my cause, deliver me. And he hits about verse 4, I will go to the altar with exceeding joy. On the harp I will praise thee, O my God. Then he hits verse 5, why art thou cast down, O my soul? Why are you disquieted in me? Hope thou in God, for I shall yet praise him who is the health of my countenance. Psalm 71, you can read the whole chapter, 43, 42, 43, 71, where David said, Thou art my hope, O God. Thou art my trust for my youth. Let my mouth be filled with praise and thy honor all day. I will hope continually. I will praise thee more and more. I will praise thee on the psaltery. I will praise thee on the harp. I will praise thee with my lips. My lips shall greatly rejoice. I shall sing. Sorry, I don't feel like singing. You sing anyway. I don't feel like praising. You praise anyway. 
I don't feel it. Why? Because I am rejoicing in hope. Rejoicing in hope. I don't have anything, you know, well, I, I don't have anything to hope for. That's where in the New Testament, he talked about who Abraham, against hope, believed in hope, staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, strong in faith. What did he do? Give glory to God. And being fully persuaded that what he had promised, it's not physically possible for your wife to have a child. It's not physically possible. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. It's impossible. He staggered. God is still able. God is still able. God is still able. It's not possible, but God is able. I'm going to still give glory to God in the midst of anything and everything. Romans, the eighth chapter. For the earnest expectation of the creature waits for the manifestation of the sons of God. The whole world is waiting for us to be manifest. And what is that manifestation? that we are, in fact, the children of God. That, why? Because in the midst of this hour, there is somebody that is still able to have a song in their heart, able to clap their hands, able to worship God, able to come and rejoice in the midst of whatever's going on. Oh, do you like COVID? No. Do you like what's going on in the economy? No. Do you like? No. Do you like what's happened? No. But I still love the Lord and the Lord is great. You say, but I, I, I just don't feel like it. Well, guess what? Get in line. You know, spend three and a half, four extra hours in an airport. Whatever. You, you know, you, oh, you're not frustrated. Oh, really? But you know what? I still have to have a praise. Lord, you're good. I don't know what you're doing, but Lord, I'm so glad. I can praise you, so glad I can worship you, so glad giving glory to God, being fully persuaded that what he had promised he is able to perform for the earnest expectation of the creature waits for the manifestation of the sons of God. <clears throat> for the creature was made subject to vanity, not willingly, but by reason of him who has subjected the same in hope. Now, what does that mean? It says, what he was saying is the creature was made subject to frustration. I'm sorry, but guess what? The Lord made us to frailty, to frustration, to futility. Why? So that he would be our 
hope. You say, well, I, I, I have hope in my 401k. I have hope in my, I have hope in my ability to uh, have a good doctor, have a good banker, have a good lawyer, have a good butcher, baker, candlestick maker. I have hope that Walmart's going to always have toilet paper. I have hope that their shelves will always be stocked with bread. I have hope in what? What do you have hope in? Guess what? You're going to have frustrations. The Lord made us subject to frustrations. If nothing else, you know, just living. Huh? Well, I thought I was going to be, and, and I could probably go around the room. What, where did you, when you were 19, what did you think was going to happen with your life? And what did you think would be, huh? Has all of it come true? Has it all panned out the way you thought? Has it all worked the way? So a little frustration, a little frailty. But by reason of him who has subjected the same in hope, notice the next verse, because he said, because the creature itself shall also shall be delivered from this bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. What are you saying? That we are all of a sudden going to be set free from all the frustrations. Why? For we know now that the whole creation groans and travails in pain together until now. Not only they, but ourselves, which have the first fruits of the Spirit, we groan within ourselves, waiting for the adoption to wit the redemption of our body. What are you saying in this hour? Uh, you know, one writer said, we're going to reach the point where we're going to say, Lord Jesus, come quickly. I think we're maybe already there. But what are we saying? Lord, I need you to, I need you to deliver me from this bondage of frustration. Amen. So I can just worship, praise, magnify God. And then notice the next verse. For we are saved by what? Hope. But hope that is seen Well, I hope I get a phone. Well, there it is. Look at there. I wasn't really hoping for a phone. I knew I had the phone. Huh? It's something that's not seen. For what a man seeth, why does he hope for it? But if we hope for that which we see not, then we do with patience wait for it. Likewise, the Spirit helps our infirmities. For we don't know what we should pray for. But the Spirit makes intercessions for us with groaning. When you reach the point where you don't, you say, Lord, I don't know how to pray. I don't know how to pray. Lord, make it better, make it worse, change it. Huh? I'm just praying, Lord, step in. Let your will be done. And he goes on and he says, and he that searched the hearts and minds knoweth what is in the mind of the Spirit because he hoped he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. And we know, everybody say no. Know that all things work.
together for good to them who are called according to his purpose. Another place the writer and Paul wrote the hope of the gospel, the God of all hope, the God of all hope, fill you with hope. What do you say in this hour where it seems hopeless, where it seems all is lost, and have you ever, ever had anything that just feels like it zaps the strength out of you, it feels like another blow, feels like that's when you have to say, I hope against all hope. I, am going, I hope and only my hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood, his Christ, his righteousness. You say, well, I have hope. I have hope that one day, you know, President Biden and, and President Trump will be friends and they'll all hold hands and they'll be together. They'll love one another. I'm sorry. I have hope that this is what's going to, I have hope that that's what's going to, you know what, my hope is built. And as we've seen the foundations of the medical field and everything shaken, <clears throat> what's happening to all of us is our hope is, there's only two things. Two immutable things. It's impossible for God to lie. And we have a strong consolation who fled for refuge to lay hope, hold upon the hope set before us. Which hope is the anchor of the soul, both sure and steadfast, which enters within the veil. What do you say? What are the two things? I know in whom I have believed and I know he is able. One of these days, he's coming back again. I, you, you, you know what? I don't know when. I don't know where. I don't know how. I don't know what. I don't know what all's going to take place. I, you know, I, if you would have told me uh, six months ago that it'd be in Dallas, Texas, there would be a little, little place in the middle of, of the uh, airport aisle that I could go in and pick up whatever I wanted and walk out and never scan anything and then all of a sudden send me a bill, I'd have told you that's a little bit out there. I don't know. So I asked David, I came back, I said, David, he said, oh yeah, we read about that. They're setting up these whole food, what is it? Whole food stores. Amazon's trying to experiment with setting up stores like that because they bought whole foods so that when you go to the grocery store, you don't have to stand in line to scan it. Now what's sad is, folks, you know how many people that place needed? The only thing they needed was somebody to walk in with a box of something and put it up. I don't know if they did it once a day or twice a day. I don't know how many of them there were in Dallas. I saw two just in between gate 10 and gate 18 that I had to leave out on. I looked around and this store was closed and that store was closed and this store was closed. I wasn't there first time I was there at midnight, but second time I was there in the afternoon and had signs, help wanted, help wanted, help wanted. But the walkthrough was open. So if you wanted a drink, 
You went through the walkthrough. You say, oh, pastor, I'm not doing it. That's just too freaky for me. Okay, hallelujah. I don't know what's gonna happen, whether they're gonna be the cheeseburgers the same way. They're gonna just be putting them out. I, I, not there yet, I know. But you say, well, what are you hoping for? My hope is built on nothing less than the Lord. What do you say? In this hour, God cannot lie. He's promised that he's going to take care of us. He's going to be there. Let's stand. We're glad you're here. Good to have all of our guests.